It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The following reflects neither the policies nor the thoughts of iHeartMedia or its employees. But we think it's probably a good idea to listen to it anyway. Money Sense is a presentation of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. As managing partners of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, your hosts, Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten, are professional financial advisors with over 50 years of combined experience. They can be reached in their offices in Perrysburg at 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com. Also visit their website, kirstenwealth.com. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. And good morning and welcome to Money Sense. Brad Kirsten along with Kevin Kirsten here with you this morning, taping this show earlier in the week. But a week that we saw, the beginning of the week at least, uh, some pretty positive days in the market. Half a percent on Monday and what looks like probably another half a percent on Tuesday, led by really two things. Janet Yellen giving the market a little confidence that uh, they're going to stay away for a little longer uh, with her speech and and Q&A on Monday. And oil getting safely above 50 uh, and staying there for a couple days. And I think that's something people didn't know if it was going to happen. And oil and the markets have been trading together and oil and High-yield bonds have been trading together, and we think it'll just continue to slowly move higher. And part of that's just we're, we're getting to that point where uh, global demand is is taking up all the supply, and, and uh, we don't have as much oil out there anymore, not as much coming out of the ground. And so it will just be uh, global growth and U.S. growth taking up all that supply and moving us probably to 60 before the end of the summer. And I think that'll surprise most people. Well, I think we're probably still range bound on oil, Brad. I, you know, maybe the days of hundred, hundred plus are are many, many years off. But you you could easily see it right back down to forty. Yeah. Uh, it, that could happen, you know, easily as well. But I think we're probably going to be range bound uh, for the foreseeable future. You might see something between forty five and sixty or sixty five. But the days of a hundred are probably over, and that's a that's that's kind of a sweet spot, really, because that is high enough. That companies don't have to lay off employees. They yep. can still make some money on the oil they're bringing out of the ground. But it's also low enough that it saves the consumer some money. And it also helps uh, the high-yield uh, fixed-income sector as well at those levels. And so, consumers at those levels uh, have a little bit more money in their pocket. Businesses don't have to spend as much on fuel. And if you think about today's oil market, where we're not drilling a mile down into the ocean, and you've committed all your resources, so you don't want to take it offline now – when it's all, you're doing it in the Bakken and you can lay down a rig for three months and tell everybody to go home and then pick up production right back up when oil prices get up there, we're a lot more dynamic economy. You're getting it out of the ground for cheaper, so you can you can keep it in that range. You can keep it 50 to 60. I, I, I personally don't think... Uh, I don't think we'll see oil below 50 after we get to the end of the summer. I mean, maybe a touchdown below 50 a couple times throughout the summer, but you get to the end of the summer and we're getting closer to 60. I, I think that's your range, 55 to 65 even, uh, for the for the foreseeable 18 to 24-month future. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's in a good place right now. And the psychology is interesting, Brad, because we talked about this just walking into the studio here today, and we said – it's amazing to me all these pundits that we hear talking about markets, and they're just as guilty of all the in- same investor psychological mis- psychological mistakes that mm-hmm. we talk about every week on this show. I don't care if they have a PhD from Harvard and mm-hmm. MIT; they all make the same mistakes, and that is they. Oil was coming down last year. It was it was sixty dollars a barrel one year ago today. Correct. So it's almost nowhere in twelve months, and yet. A year ago, on the way down, when we were moving out of oil investments on the way down, people were saying, well, this is downright cheap. Now, oil is a commodity, and all commodities tend to overshoot more dramatically than the stock market or anything else. And so we saw that coming, and we made that adjustment. 
However, it's interesting to me that oil was 50 or 60 a year ago, and it was, oh, this is cheap. And now it's, on, gone, it's on the way up, and it's 50 or 60, and the same exact people are saying, well, it's, it's just gone way too far, too yep, fast. Yep. And yet in the last 12 months, it's gone nowhere. Yeah. And we said on the same with high-yield bonds last year. A lot of economists had it as their favorite category to start the year in 2015. It was negative last year. So if you liked it a year ago and it was negative, you should love it today. And now that we're up somewhere between 5 and 8, depending on what high-yield index you look or high-yield market you look at, you've kind of gone barely anywhere in, in 18 months. And people are acting like, because it's outperformed the stock market, it's too rich. It's it's averaged about three in a two-year period. Uh, when the long-term average is double that, I would say you've got a long way to go before the high-yield bond market is expensive or oil is expensive, and they're going to trade together. Well, that's true. I mean, stocks are the same way. 18 months, having gone nowhere. Um, they, I guess we can't probably say that anymore. With the S&P 500, about 1% from all-time highs, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably only 13 or 14 months of going nowhere. But you know that, that works off some excess as well. Now, some of this was justified. Earnings have slowed down. Profits have slowed down in the overall economy, most of which can be attributed to the stronger dollar. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we're coming to the other side of that. And if you look at the possibility that we think is coming down the road of earnings improving, and you look to those price-to-earnings ratios, we think that the, that price-to-earnings ratio is, is going to come down, not necessarily because stock prices are going to come down, because earnings are going to increase. Mm-hmm. And if you wait until after you've seen one, two, six quarters of earnings increases, well, guess what? You'll have missed the move. Uh, the stock market will have already adjusted accordingly. The, so. the market moves in spurts, and that's what's going to happen. The earnings surprises will have that market move in spurts. Once you've had it for a few quarters, the market will digest that and move sideways for for a year or two. Well, and I mean, so look, don't look, miss the next two years. Look, look at the last 12 months on earnings. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, the sideways action in the market was Probably justified, mm-hmm. considering the fact that earnings slowed down. But it doesn't. You don't know that until after the fact. So, are you going to prepare? The only thing you have to ask yourself today is: Are you going to prepare for earnings to get better or worse from this point? Mm-hmm. And after going through a, a four or six quarter period where earnings are basically nowhere to a little bit down, pretty uh, easy for them to go up from here, especially after with, they've gone down. Especially with the expectations having been pulled back. Yep, uh, companies for four or five quarters now have been pulling down expectations and they've set a pretty low bar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the Yellen and what they're doing has to do a lot with inflation. I pulled up some inflationary numbers just to talk about it. And some of this is the unintended consequence of the government kind of causing inflation in certain areas. Uh, looking at all the components of, of uh, consumer price index, uh, the eight main components that the Fed is looking at would be food. Uh, well, they actually do X food and energy, but their, their core CPI that they look at is housing, apparel, transportation, medical, uh, recreation, uh, communication they have as one of them, uh, goods and services, and then one that, uh, that I threw on here, college tuition and fees. Um, one of these areas is actually negative. Uh, we'll, we'll do that next here. But uh, just to ask you, see how good you are here. Uh, of the so this is inflation since year two thousand. All right, so we're talking sixteen year period. The two highest are medical care and college tuition. Which one do you think's more? Uh, I would, yeah, I would probably say medical care it is eighty one percent. College tuition. One hundred and forty-five percent. Oh my up. gosh, that was way off. So that's <laughs> the highest by far since two thousand. Medical is two is uh, and probably the last five years uh, since uh, affordable care was enacted in two thousand ten. Uh, you probably would have medical care right, uh, but that's the unintended consequence. Well, you of have that. the lowest on there. Or? The lowest, the only negative is apparel. So okay. the reason I, I, I well give, give me the give me the bottom two or three and I just want to make a quick point yeah so their their area for recreation which I'm not sure what is all in that component probably some consumer discretionary items sure, sure. Uh, maybe airline flights things like that but apparel uh, certainly it is your uh, what everyone is complaining that that Trump wants to do away with uh, NAFTA and all of your goods that can come here without a tariff even though ours go to China with a tariff yeah um, you know it's negative. 
for apparel for the last 16 years. So if you have, have a little tick up or if you have to buy American goods and you pay 5 or 10% more, you're still far under the long-term inflationary average of all sectors. And I, but apparel. I would also make the argument, Brad, that the, the top two areas, uh, college tuition and healthcare, are the two areas where there's the most government intervention. That's uh, ab- absolutely. And so you're no, going well, number 3 you could throw in there too. Number 3 is energy, up 65%. And so a lot of government intervention there. Well, abs- I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you have people who spend the money in those sectors, both healthcare and college, if you spend your own money, mm-hmm. what's on the bottom of the list? Apparel. That's going to keep costs down because guess what? You're going to shop around. Yeah, okay? that's true. If yeah. you're spending someone else's money, the insurance company, the government, Medicare, or if you're spending someone else's money because it's a student loan or a grant that you receive, guess what? You're not going to scrutinize that cost as much, and that's where we have a lot of the inflation. And that'll be the change. Uh, with a Republican president, uh, opening up borders means you're opening up competition, making it more transparent for what things cost and requiring that so that people can shop it around will lower overall costs. Will it do it in a year? No. But when people realize they can shop it around, they're not going to maybe go to the lowest bidder for a you know an open heart surgery, but it pushes the prices down for all of those uh, surgeries, all of those things, because people know that they can shop it around. And medical providers know they can shop it around. So now they have to start to say, instead of doing any gouging here, let's charge what we need to charge so that we have the the still have business coming in the door. Well, and, and that overall, if we had a little bit more inflation in some of the other sectors of the economy, Brad, this can help things. I mm-hmm. mean, we need inflation in wages. Mm-hmm. We need some more inflation in some other areas of the economy that can help things. I, I just heard somebody from Goldman Sachs, uh, one of their chief strategists on uh, today, and I, and I still had to shake my head because, you know, we just talked at the beginning of the show about pundits talking out of both sides of their mouth and saying, you know, one thing a year ago talking about oil being cheap and now oil's at the same price and somehow it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this same ter- person was talking about wages. Now, every single pundit in the world, Brad, has been been pounding the table how we need to do something to get wages higher in this country. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know what his comment was? Well, I'm really concerned. Now wages are going up. I'm concerned because that's going to cost companies a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like my head's going to explode. You you can't have it both ways, yep. okay? You can't, on one hand, say, boy, this economy's struggling. We really need wages to go up. Mm-hmm. And then when, when wages finally do go up, which, by the way, they have been. They have been. Still too slow, yep. but they have been. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to say, well, that's really going to hurt the profits of businesses. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more when we come back from the break about wages, how it's fixing itself on its own. And if the government tries to meddle with it, how they can really screw it up. And we're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. You're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten, we'll be right back. It's hard to tell whose best interests some financial advisors have in mind. Our financial advice is based on fees, not commissions. Because Kirsten Wealth Management offers no proprietary investment products, we are free to choose products that best meet clients' needs, which help to preserve the integrity of our investment advice. With an unbiased approach to investing, our only goal is to help you reach yours. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Hi, I'm Gordon Ward. Are you or a relative in need of quality home care? Christian Home Care offers compassionate care in the comfort of your own home where the goal of each caregiver is to become an extension of your family. Each family has unique circumstances and our trained staff is there to meet them. So if you or someone you know could use a little extra help in their home, give Christian Home Care a call at 419-254-2840. Are you retiring, changing jobs, or looking to reduce your taxable income? At Kirsten Wealth Manager Group, they specialize in helping investors determine which IRA is right for them. Whether retirement is around a corner or many years away, rolling your assets into an IRA offers you a number of benefits. To find out more about your rollover options and gain more control over your money, call Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten today at 419-872-0067 for a free consultation. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member, FINRA, SIPC. Hi, I'm Gordon Ward. Are you or a relative in need of quality? 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Home Care? Christian Home Care offers compassionate care in the comfort of your own home where the goal of each caregiver is to become an extension of your family. Each family has unique circumstances and our trained staff is there to meet them. So if you or someone you know could use a little extra help in their home, give Christian Home Care a call at 419-254-2840. And welcome back. You're listening to Money Sense, the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. If you're listening on the internet, you can follow along with some of our commentary and uh, under the publication sections on our website, kirstenwealth.com. Uh, Kevin, we're talking about inflation and about how the two highest areas of inflation are where we've had the most government intervention, medical care and college tuition. Both of those also have an effect on the employment numbers. And the first one being when you take a look at uh, the Affordable Care Act and when it was passed, it, the House signed the bill uh, in uh, December of 2009. The Senate passed it in March and the president signed it about a week later, March of 2010. That happens to coincide with the peak level of part-time employment. The the peak – and I, I, we're looking back uh, – for the history of, of the market, you look back 100 years of employment numbers, never was it higher than in between when the Senate passed and the House passed. It got up to 14.4% of all employed uh, was part-time employed. It has slowly come down, but we are still a full two percentage points higher than what it was from 2002 to 2008. It stayed at a level of about 11 percent. And right now, it, it, the, the range was 10 and a half to 11 and a half. Right now, it's about 12 and a half. So it is about two percentage points higher than its long-term average. And the reason for it is affordable care because of the mandate that employers who have uh, a, a certain number of employees uh, and those employees who work more than 30 hours have to uh, be included in their f- full employee role. And then if you have over a certain number of employees, you have to provide affordable care for everyone. So that has affected the part-time employee number, and that in turn will affect that inflationary, that wage inflation number, because you have people with multiple part-time jobs, uh, which pushes down the employment number, and uh, but also holds in check those wage inflation numbers. Now, one thing that fixes it all on its own is when you have less people out there looking for jobs, and now that we have an employment number that's down as low as it is, what starts to happen? You start to get wage inflation. Employers start to, without government invention intervention, have to start paying people more to get them to, to attract them to be hired. And so on its own, when employment gets down, the next thing you see, the next phase is wage inflation. The Fed knows it's coming. And even though people don't think the Fed knows what they're doing, they, they're looking at wage inflation as kind of the last thing that they're looking at for all inflationary numbers to know that once it starts and you got employment down as low as it is, once wage inflation starts, it starts to snowball and pick up. And that's why they're kind of ready to a couple times a year here uh, raise uh, the Fed funds rate and kind of slow things down so you don't get runaway inflation. 
Well, you have to have two things going on to get that wage inflation, Brad. You have to have the individual either willing to ask for that raise or the individual be willing to leave the company if they don't get the raise because they can they feel like they can find something better. But you also have to have the employer have the confidence to give that extra income to that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I certainly certainly think that if we could get more on the fiscal side, you'd get more confidence out of the employer. But you're you're definitely seeing from the numbers that uh, uh, that you're pulling, uh, you're seeing people more people quitting, mm-hmm. uh, which you've talked about before, um, and quitting. Voluntarily, they're doing it because they think they can get a better wage someplace right. else. They don't do it because they think the the government handouts are more than their current job. Right, but I mean, you're not going to get the business confidence um, until we get something on the fiscal side of things mm-hmm. uh, from our government. Mm-hmm. You can, and and once you get that business confidence, you're going to see those wages go up. And yes, wages are the biggest component to inflation, so that's something to be concerned about, especially with the Federal Reserve. But that those increasing wages. That's what that what can change our GDP growth from the one and a half percent sluggish growth that we've had lately Mm -hmm. and get it to that three or four percent. Now, what the government would think in order to change that wage inflation number, let's just increase minimum wage. That'll fix it. That'll 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 get us some wage inflation. And that obviously is the wrong thing to do. They would have you believe that we have record numbers of people on minimum wage. But I'm looking at a chart here uh, that goes back to 1980, which was the peak of, of people on minimum wage. And it is exactly one quarter of what it was in 1980. And it's half of what it was in 1990. And it's slowly gone down. The only time it's increased is when we've increased minimum wage, either individual states increasing minimum wage, and this number starts to spike a little bit. But over time, we've had fewer and fewer people on minimum wage. The one group that's increased, that's gone from 10% of the population to about in 2006, it started to pick up and it's at its highest level is the number of college graduates on minimum wage. Now, why would that be? Because everybody can afford to go to college. And even if they shouldn't be in college, we have more people graduating from college. So they have to start with a minimum wage job. That number has gone from 10 to 18. The other three uh, groups, less than a high school diploma and uh, people with uh, a high school diploma and or an associate's degree or some college, both of those have kind of uh, been at the same level or even gone down over the last, uh, uh, what is it, this goes all the way back to to the 1980s. Well, it's interesting uh, you say that too because that goes back to the fact that we've made the college degree less valuable Mm -hmm. than it was 20 or 25 years ago because... People, more people have it. More people have it, and more people don't spend their own money to get it. Yep. And and so uh, they get through college uh, without as many skills or without it being as valuable. They, so we've had government intervention. We've had costs go up and value go down, and that's what the government does time and time again. Yep. Increase cost and decrease value of something. The one interesting thing on this minimum wage chart you got these three three groups, okay? Now, the current level is 18% of, of college graduates, bachelor's degree or higher, on on minimum wage of, of the whole group. If we're looking at the whole group that's on minimum wage of those people, now I'm not saying 18% of college graduates, but of people who are on minimum wage, 18% of that group, okay? So it's a much smaller number than full, all college right. graduates, obviously. But that is the smallest group. The next largest group is the high school graduate or some college. It's 50% of this group. And the person who didn't even graduate from college is only 32% of all people on minimum wage. Now, why would that be? It'd be somebody that goes out to get a a skilled trade or to maybe graduate from vocational school. And they they don't even start at minimum wage, those people. So you could make the argument as the government pushes for more people to go to college, some of those people probably should have been pushed to go to a trade school and uh, and get a job that would be their career instead of going to college and getting a degree that means nothing to them. And, well, and they can they, they don't even know what job to look for when they get out. Well, and, and the minimum wage argument too, Brad, it's interesting because it shows our current administration's inability to do basic math, okay? And the basic math states that if I don't even know what is what is the minimum wage right? I, I, I don't I think it's seven twenty five. What, what, what uh, some states have different, obviously, but I think Ohio's is. When you look at the percentage of people who are on it, okay, and you look at the fact that someone who makes minimum wage is making fifteen thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and we're going to take them up to eighteen mm-hmm. or twenty thousand dollars a year, yeah. okay? 
why don't we put policies in place that take the guy who's making $75,000 a year and get him to 100 mm-hmm. okay? Number one, there's more of those people. Oh, it's 810. 810 there, in Ohio. There we I go. just looked it up. There, yeah. there we go. <laughs> uh, so that's sixteen, roughly $16,000 a year. We're going to try to get him to 18 or 20. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get the guy who's making 75 to yep. make 100 mm-hmm. okay, or the girl? Because there's more of those people, and that's more valuable to our economy. Mm-hmm. Okay, And oh, by the way, if we get the people making 75000 to move up a scale and get to 100 Guess where the person making fifteen or twenty thousand is going to go? They're automatically going to be pulled with them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be left behind. They're going to be pulled up as well. Well, what happens is also they graduate from the minimum wage to something else. When I when I'm looking at these charts and it's showing, you know, number of people per thousand in 1980, it was whatever the number was. It's not the same people. What it's saying is new people coming into the workforce who have to start at minimum wage, fewer of them, one quarter of them have to start at minimum wage. Whereas in 1980, four times more had to start at minimum wage. They would have you believe that these people have to go their whole career at minimum wage. And if we don't increase minimum wage, they'll never get a pay raise. That's just not the truth. That's one of the more frustrating things. Uh, the, The administration would lead you to believe that the person who made minimum wage in 1990 is the same person who makes minimum wage in 2016, and that just is not true. It's a different group, and it's a shrinking Not group. only that, but the person who was lower middle class is no longer lower middle class. They're upper, upper middle class. Uh, the person who was middle class is probably now upper class. That's the way your career goes mm-hmm. uh, for the vast majority of people. And to make it seem like that's the same person and, and run a commercial and it looks like the, the same person throughout their lifespan mm-hmm. is, is just not true. In fact, they even talk about poverty numbers. And I just read an article this morning that talked about the fact that in most countries, the people who are considered in poverty in the United States would be upper middle class. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think even in the 19 who do, the, the example they gave was air conditioning. Almost everyone has air conditioning now in the 1980s. There, there were a lot of poorer people who did not have air conditioning. Mm-hmm. You look at the poverty level people today. They've got a couple of television sets. Mm-hmm. They got air conditioning. They got cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't have that in 1980 when mm-hmm. you're at the poverty level. So when you look at that lower end, okay, the key is, is that lower end better off today than it was 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. And, and there's no question. So well, and, and that's we, the we problem. don't have to do anything. It will happen naturally. Right. Uh, well, that's the other problem with looking at a Sweden. Uh, Bernie Sanders wants us to be more like them. It's not because they have less poor people that they have in, income, no income inequality. It's that they have no rich people. That's why there's no income inequality. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes a lower level. Not that there's everybody making a higher level. That's how you fix income inequality. Let's get rid of the rich. If we can grow the overall economy... Okay, focus on that. The government is not good at trying to – they do not do a very good job of nitpicking these little things. Grow the – I know it's cliche. Grow the overall pie. Okay, Mm -hmm. stop meddling in these tiny issues and thinking that's going to make some grand difference across the board. Because I tell you what, uh, you're starting to see it more and more. Uh, it's not too long before you're probably going to go into a McDonald's and there's going to be a little iPad there instead of a person, mm-hmm. and, and that person's going to lose that job all because they're pressing this minimum wage issue. But it's a good thing because who's going to be making all the devices? An American company. Sure. So it, it will be a good thing that evolution of the minimum wage job. Let's take our next pause. Let's talk about about the markets, investing, and a couple planning ideas before we get back to some of these employment numbers and some of our pet peeves of what we hear on the on the news media about these employment numbers. You're listening to Money Sense, the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. We'll be right back. It's hard to tell whose best interests some financial advisors have in mind. Our financial advice is based on fees, not commissions. Because Kirsten Wealth Management offers no proprietary investment products, we are free to choose products that best meet clients' needs, which help to preserve the integrity of our investment advice. With an unbiased approach to investing, our only goal is to help you reach yours. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. 
This summer, the Marathon Classic is where it's at because we're not just a golf tournament. We're a week of fun for your entire family. Here, it's more about seeing the greatest women golfers in the world up close. It's your kids meeting a new sports hero, watching her hit amazing shots. And it all benefits 20 Toledo area children's charities. So join us at Highland Meadows July 11th through the 17th for family fun you'll never forget. Two-for-one weekly ground passes available at Kroger. Learn more at MarathonClassic.com. The Marathon Classic, where it's at. They are the pride of our nation, and this summer they're going to rock Northwest Ohio. The United States Air Force Thunderbirds will headline Toledo's premier family fun event, the Toledo Air Show, July 16th and 17th at Toledo Express Airport. See the Thunderbirds along with modern military demonstrations, classic military aircraft, aerobatic superstars, and more. Buy discount tickets and premium seating now at ToledoAirShow.com. Are you retiring, changing jobs, or looking to reduce your taxable income? At Kirsten Wealth Manager Group, they specialize in helping investors determine which IRA is right for them. Whether Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Retirement is around the corner or many years away. Rolling your assets into an IRA offers you a number of benefits. To find out more about your rollover options and gain more control over your money, call Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten today at 419-872-0067 for a free consultation. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member, FINRA, SIPC. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, Kevin Kirsten and Brad Kirsten, along with you this morning. If you want to get in touch with us throughout the week, our office is in Perrysburg, 419 419- Eight seven two zero zero six seven. Brad, I know a lot of times on this show we're talking probably more about disinformation or misinformation than we're talking about the good information. I think that the point being is in this world of 24-hour news cycle and, and so much financial information available at, at your fingertips, I do think that's true. I think that there's probably more bad information out there than good information, mm-hmm. and we have to siphon through it for our listeners and our clients. And you know, more often than not, the simplest answer when it comes to your financial plan a lot of times is the best one. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, too too many people get caught up in, in a headline on, on the Internet that'll say something that's just not true and get caught up in something that makes them fearful. And, you know, it's like, it's like football. The blocking and tackling usually is the thing that you want to focus on. And that, the same thing is true with your overall portfolio. I, I just heard a well-known manager on CNBC this morning talk about his average holding period for the stocks in his portfolio were 16 years. Now, I, I don't think most managers, and I know most investors, don't have an average holding period of 16 years for any one of their investments. And I think there's, there's a, a few things that we'll talk about here today uh, in regards to diversification, or uh, just the management of a portfolio that I think get misconstrued. So one of those has to do, when we look at a new portfolio a lot of times, it's it's hard for us to even determine what's the overall allocation because sometimes people's idea of diversification is the number of accounts that they have. And their idea of diversification, maybe with their IRA, is that I have my IRA at four different custodians. Well, you could have an overlap of those portfolios that would give you no diversification. And having it spread around to a 
four different custodians doesn't make you any more diversified than just having one IRA. And in most cases, it's easier to manage for you to know how what your risk level and diversification is to have it in one IRA. Sometimes we get the question, how many different accounts do you have? When we look at a portfolio that has 11 different accounts or 12 different uh, custodians for various accounts, the answer is you really only need two. You need a retirement account and you need a non-retirement account. And you can really, that, that can be it. That's all you need. And inside of there is where you come up with your diversification and the proper way for you to invest. You don't need any more than that. And so, so I think it's important to do some consolidation when it starts to get that scattered so that you know how to properly manage the portfolio. Well, absolutely, Brad. And that covers most people. Obviously, there are people who need more accounts than that. That mm-hmm. covers a good majority of people in terms of what types of accounts that you need. But you're right. But a lot of times you do need to, you know, when in doubt, take the simplest action. Yeah. And there's other things that, that you can, of course, do. But, you know, one of the things that has been put out there that has always been, oh, well, this is the simplest thing to do is just find whatever is the cheapest and, and, and do that. And that is true in some cases. But I would change that a little bit and, and say, when you're picking portfolio managers, select what gives you the best value for your money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there's something out there you know, everyone wants to always make you choose between actively managed uh, portfolios or active managers mm-hmm. and indexes. They always want to make you choose. Like, you got to be on a side. Mm-hmm. You got to pick. And that's not true. There are certain areas of the market that do better uh, with indexing. And they'll, they'll, all the numbers will come out and say, well, X percent of active managers don't outperform. Well, if you start to dwindle that number down by getting rid of the closet indexers, which is the managers who charge a high fee and all they do is buy the index or anyway. charge a fee at all. And, and, and it just and also look at certain categories in the market where there is a higher probability of outperformance. You get a much higher number. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that you can do that that we've seen is with something that's fairly new, a couple of years old, called Active Share. Um, basically, in, in its simplest form, what Act, Active Share means is how different are is your portfolio from the benchmark? Mm-hmm. Okay, it goes from zero to one hundred. An Active Share closer to one hundred in the nineties, uh, we feel is better than Active Share that is lower is in the forties or fifties. Mm-hmm. Now. Sometimes the active share can be falsely high if they don't use the right benchmark for their portfolio. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that can make it a little bit too high. Sometimes it can be uh, artificially low as well. If mm-hmm. you have an index like, for example, real estate, which doesn't have that many companies in the in the index to begin with, mm-hmm. versus say something like the Russell three thousand, which is three thousand companies, which is small caps. No, hey, Russell right. three thousand is the is the uh, is small and large. So, yes. so that would be an all cap portfolio. Right. A lot easier to differentiate from the benchmark when you have three thousand yeah. to differentiate yeah. from, versus the real estate index, for example, which is much much smaller. Or um, looking at uh, even the S and P five hundred versus the Russell two thousand, right. like you mentioned, five hundred names. So versus the point 2, being, if you're not different than the index and you're getting charged a fee by the manager. Just buy the index. But if you're looking a lot different than the index and you want to outperform, like it's easier to do in some sectors or asset classes, then by all means, get get a manager to manage that portion of the portfolio, but make sure it's a manager with high active share, meaning they're different than the index. So there was a study done on active share, Brad, back in 2013. Um, I'm going to butcher the name, but it, it was... P-E-T-A-J-I-S-T-O study um, talking about active share and it it took the act it took the active management and divided it among stock pickers, uh, concentrated portfolios, and moderately active and closet indexers, so four different categories there, and looked at the percentage of time that you saw excess returns above the benchmark. And by far and away, the best category was the stock pickers. On on average, they had 65 names in their portfolio. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, the concentrated names, which had 50 or less, did better than the benchmark, but not as good as the stock pickers, which Mm -hmm. had about 65. Mm -hmm. So there's some diminishing returns there. If you get too concentrated, too heavily weighted to too few names... Mm If you get one of those names wrong, it right. can really hurt your Makes performance. Yep. So so a little bit higher than that. But then if you looked at moderately active, which was 100 names in the portfolio, 
or closet indexers, which was 160 and above, you saw underperformance mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, active share is twofold. Number one, you can't have a high active share with 300 names in the portfolio. Right. Not really possible if you're indexing against the S&P 500. And, and so you can look for fewer names. And how do those names deviate? So if you have fewer names, but your top 10 is still identical to the, the S&P 500, yep, yep. you know, for example, uh, the the growth index, so the Russell 3000 growth index, top 10 names, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, Google, Verizon, Coca-Cola, Home Depot, Walt Disney. If you only own those 10 names, okay, you're not going to have a high, even though you have a, a fewer high, names, a concentrated portfolio and fewer names, you're not going to have a high active share if you own the identical 10 names to the index. Mm-hmm. So not only does it usually need to be fewer names, but it also needs to be different from the index to get that outperformance. And the point being, historically, these names have a much higher probability of outperformance versus the benchmark, and you can pair them up with the indexes mm-hmm. to to create a complementary portfolio. And that's the kind of stuff that we're looking at every day. But But one thing I talk about when you're talking about expenses is I'd like to talk about value, mm-hmm. okay? Because it's not just about getting something that's the cheapest. We don't do that anywhere in our life, Mm -hmm. okay? I don't care if you're shopping for a car, a house, clothes, you name it. You want value. Mm -hmm. You might go out and buy a pair of pants, Mm -hmm. okay? Well, you can go get them for good from uh, uh, the the thrift store for a buck, Mm -hmm. okay? But if you go somewhere and find a nice piece of clothing that's, 20, 30% off, are you getting better value? Yes, you, you spent more money, mm-hmm. but it's not just about spending more money. So I was looking at the, the top 20 uh, uh, active managers mm-hmm. or so-called active managers out there, and I was looking at the top two. I'm not going to pick on any names here, but number one on the list for active management is a $100 billion fund, and it has 332 holdings. Okay. Okay. Now, this is a so-called active manager. So we talked about, if you looked at this 2013 study, closet indexers, 160 or more, tend to underperform. This is 332. And let me tell you, I guarantee you a good portion of our listeners own this particular portfolio. Now, they would have you believe that it's pretty cheap. Yeah. 0.71% expense ratio for this portfolio. But if you have 332 of the 500 S&P companies... It's going to be pretty hard to outperform. Is it good value? Yeah. Not is it cheap. Yeah. Is it good value? Now, you can buy the S&P 500 index, SPY, for 0.09. So this portfolio, which I would argue is basically an index, Mm -hmm. is charging you seven times the index. To, to, to weed out 160 names, roughly? They own 332 names. Yeah. How much work are they really doing? Yeah. Okay. Now, let me look at an active manager that we like. Okay. It has 66 holdings. Oh, but which, by the way, on this 2013 study, uh, 65 was the Magic top category yeah. for outperforming. Okay. Now, this portfolio, great long-term track record, uh, this portfolio has a 1.12 expense ratio. Mm-hmm. But is it good value? Because the manager is going in there and finding 66, 65 of the best names, Mm -hmm. 66 of the best names. They're doing something for their money. Now, it's even more expensive than the closet indexer I mentioned. However, the chances of net outperformance are much greater because you're weeding out another 250 names. So am I saying that that, that, that's one of the largest funds in the world, Mm -hmm. okay, largest portfolios in the world? Am I saying that that's bad? No, I'm not saying it's bad, but my point is if you're going to have a manager that buys 300, 400 stocks, you might as well save the money and buy the index. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a manager that's going to weed it down to 60, 65, 70 names, now you're getting something for your money. And compare them with another manager that's doing the same thing. Apples to apples on that. Let's not compare an index or a closet index with an actively managed portfolio. If it's a closet index, you can can buy the uh, SPY for 0.09 expense. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what you should do and probably should have a little bit of both in your overall portfolio. Real quick here, number two on the list is even bigger, Uh, um, $140 Uh, you know, I, I took two of the bigger names on the list that, that, that I recognize, 140 billion in size, mm-hmm. uh, 400 holdings. Mm. So they were able to weed out just a hundred of the 500. A hundred of the 500. Yeah. I mean, 
they're not doing any work for their yeah. money, and that ratio is 0.65. Mm-hmm. Uh, expense ratio is 0.65. So still charging over six times what the index charge, mm-hmm. and I would make the argument not doing very much for their money. Mm-hmm. So maybe not just focus on on expense, but focus on value. Mm-hmm. What and do what you do in the rest of your life. What am I getting for my money? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not getting anything for my money, just go to the index. Go to the index. Yeah. Buy the index. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's there's a little bit more information on here too. Um, Talking, we've got to take our next break here. We got no, let's take our last pause here. Okay. When we come back, we'll finish this up and then talk about somewhere else where people don't uh, seem to always find value, and that's doing their own taxes. Uh, and we would make the argument that it would be money well spent to go find somebody to do your taxes to avoid some mistakes. We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. You're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We'll be right back. The amount of information available to today's investor means the big picture can be overwhelming. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we help you sort through the clutter, bring your investment goals into focus, and design a portfolio to help you meet them. We stay focused on the one thing that matters most, finding well-management investments one at a time through intensive financial analysis and hands-on research. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Guys, if you've been using or wanting to try Viagra but are worried about the costs, we have great news. Now you can finally get real results at huge discounts with our Healthy Men alternative to the little blue pill. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get results for a fraction of the price? Call today and get 40 pills for only $99. Others cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us if you want real results at the lowest prices. Never pay $15 a pill for Viagra when you can get real results for less than $3 per pill. Call. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 800-651-5675 today and save over $500. You can have those breathtaking toe-curling moments again and again. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Call right now and we'll rush you your supply delivered discreetly to your door. Just call 800-651-5675. That's 800-651-5675. Again, 800-651-5675. With Americans enjoying longer and more productive retirement than ever, you need an investment portfolio that continues to work for you. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in solid, dependable financial advice designed to help you work toward your objectives in retirement. Whether your personal situation requires low-volatility liquid assets or longer-term investments with potentially higher investment returns, it's important to first discuss your options with a trusted financial advisor. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINR. R-A-S-I-P-C. And welcome back. You're listening to Money Sense, the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. Brad and Kevin Kirsten here with you this morning. We're talking about building an active portfolio, one with high active share, and uh, that just being the measurement of how different your portfolio or the manager is from the index they're measured to. And the higher the active share, the higher the excess return, higher the net excess return. And really, that's all that matters. What matters is, am I getting more return after fees than than the benchmark. And the other thing I think uh, it gets construed is that you hear these stats about only X percent of managers beat their index. Well, the bad ones don't have any money in them anyway. All of these that you're talking about, these big numbers, hundreds of billions in the portfolio, they're, they all beat over uh, three, five, ten-year periods. And so where all the money is, if you look at it skewed to to those uh, those with uh, uh, the most money, you're going to find that probably that number is somewhere upwards of 80%. Well, and some, some of these more active managers are a victim of their own success because as they yep. get to a certain size... They have to turn into the index. They, they have to turn into the index because yep. if you're a $140 billion portfolio yep. and the manager comes into the office one day and says... Hey, uh, let's put let's put ten percent of the portfolio in X Y Z stock. Well, wait a minute, that's fourteen billion dollars. Yeah. Um, 
sir. We're yeah. going to have to buy yeah, the it's whole only company. A, it's only a $30 billion company. You're going to have to uh, get on the board. You're going to be half the company. Yeah, right? so what that means is they have to turn into an index. Yeah. So, you know, past performance not indicative of future results. And, and Especially. When and when their active share yeah. goes down because they've gotten too large, uh, that's something to be concerned with. So when you're looking at the active share, uh, it's not just the raw number that's very important. We want to we want to make sure, you know, that it's a good manager with a good track record. We want to see an active share in the 90s. And if the expense, the expense ratio should be higher than the index because they're doing something for their money. If you're looking at some of these other portfolios where the expense ratio might be lower, but they have three or 400 names, personally, I'd steer away from it and go with the index. Mm-hmm. And you should have a portion of the portfolio in some form of index as well. Because when you have an active manager that only has 50 or 60 names, They are, without question, going to have certain years Mm -hmm. that they underperform. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have the index in there to smooth out the overall performance. The idea behind the more active manager is not that they're going to outperform next year or in the next three months. You're looking for them to outperform over over a a 5, 10, 20-year period. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You said at the beginning of this conversation, Brad, that you heard one manager say that their average hold time is 16 years. How many folks out there... Uh, do the research and have a hold time of their uh, uh, their portfolios in their account of 16 years. If mm-hmm. the manager wants to hold for 16 years, if you do the research on the manager, shouldn't your hold period be that long as well? Mm-hmm. I think I would make the ar- the argument that it should be uh, much longer than what the average person holds, which you know studies show is is one to two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the manager's looking to hold that long, you probably should look that whole long as well. So if you're looking at that Morningstar report uh, and looking at active share, uh, look for something in the 90s. Now, you're typically going to see more portfolios in the 90s in the small cap space because it is 2000. Um, you won't see quite as many in the large cap space. Uh, it is harder to get that high active share in the large cap space, uh, but it's just simply because it's a smaller index that you're comparing against. But mm-hmm. you know it can still be done. But you know there's there's room in your portfolio for both. Mm-hmm. There's room for the concentrated. There's room for the index. And by the way, if you look at a weighted average of your expenses, okay, and doing simple math, if I have an active manager that's charging a little bit more, one point one, and I pair that with an index at Point one. Point one. Okay, your average cost compared to someone who just buys a bunch of closet indexers. Mm -hmm. Not only will your average cost be about the same or a little bit less, but you'll have a much more efficient portfolio Mm -hmm. because you have paired two complementing styles together. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you know, just you know, something that we look at when we're doing our research. If you're a listener and you're like, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. You know. It's That's what we're doing th- every time. We're right. adding or subtracting positions from portfolios, and I think a lot of people, one, don't have time because they're working, or the opposite. They don't want to take the time when they're retired, and I understand that. Um, but a- as we, as you get into retirement, there are certain things you need to outsource. One of those is digging under the hood for your portfolio and make sure you're having uh, something important like a high active share for your whole portfolio. I would think the other thing that a lot of people uh, are in the mode of doing, and when you get into retirement, you shouldn't because there's a lot of mistakes that can get made, especially on, in that retirement year, and that is doing your own taxes. I just got a call. We see a lot of mistakes made there. Yeah. Got a, got a call today from a radio show listener who said that uh, three years ago they retired and uh, they just got a, a letter from the IRS that they owed a bunch of taxes. And uh, they were going to just pay this bill that they had. It's a pretty big bill. I said, uh, it seems a little odd. I, it, it, and I didn't realize they were doing their own taxes. I said, uh, if you send me uh, your, your tax uh, form from that year, let me see where there might be an error. And you just do a corrected 10, 9, 1040 and, and uh, the IRS just doesn't know. You know, maybe you didn't report something correctly. Um, who did your taxes? Oh, I did them myself. Okay, all right. Well, then I start to ask a few more questions to find out that they did a rollover in 2012, and in their 2013 tax year, they didn't report that rollover. So had a 401k or, or 403b or yes. an account like that. Yep. It's going to roll it over to an IRA, which so, should be a, 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 a transfer or rollover that occurs without tax. So just uh, – so. Real briefly here, a direct rollover, meaning it goes directly to your IRA, you never took possession of it, wasn't made payable to you, it was made payable to your IRA, is the way you should do it, and they did it properly. But 
you still have to report that transaction on your taxes. Now, so what happens? You'll get a, you'll, you'll get, get a 1099R at the end at the end of the year that will show the amount of your distribution, and then underneath that, it'll show the taxable amount as zero, and underneath that, a couple boxes down, it'll show the distribution code. And if you flip your 1099 over, you'll see that that dis- distribution code corresponds with the direct rollover. Now, okay. because it says zero taxes that you owe or taxable amount zero, doesn't mean you don't have to report it. So you take that so 1099R a, to your accountant. So yeah, so if someone who you know had someone doing their taxes, uh, they would give that to their accountant. And yeah. The accountant would know exactly what exactly to do what with. to do with it. If you don't know what to do with it, uh, you should you shouldn't be doing your own taxes for one. But if you didn't report it. Uh, it doesn't mean you owe the tax. It just means you need to prove to the IRS that you didn't do it. The other mistake that we see people do, and this isn't necessarily with having somebody uh, doing your own taxes. Well, finish up on that rollover, though, Brad, before you get into the next one here. You would give that to your accountant. They know exactly what to do. And then the following May, mm-hmm. you would get another tax form. Yeah, so this was in 2012 the rollover was done. This was in uh, January you would have gotten the 1099-R. And then you also in May received something called a 5498. And that is an a tax form that the IRS gets to prove that you actually did the rollover. And that one gets generated by the custodian that received your rollover. So basically this person had a document that went to the IRS that – showed that they took money out of a plan yep but she did he or she did not prove that the money went back into a plan uh, 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 and an so IRA. the IRS was is deeming it as all taxable so in this particular case the person you know called you up and and whatever it was was it three or four thousand dollars or something like that is that what you said it was but here's my point okay if one time in your lifetime Mm-hmm. You work with someone who does taxes and does them well, mm-hmm. and you avoid that mistake mm-hmm. because this person was just going to pay that bill. How many years of doing returns does that pay for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you only need your accountant to do that one time. Mm-hmm. Let me let's talk about uh, the one more that we see constantly around here in Toledo is people doing the wrong type of rollover. They're doing an indirect rollover, which means you're taking possession of the check and you have 60 days to roll it into your IRA. The problem with that is two things. You Most custodians have a mandate that you have to withhold 20%. So let's say you do a $500,000 rollover, they withhold 100000 If you don't come up with that 100000 and get it moved into your IRA along with the 400 they sent you a check for, that 100 is taxable because they withheld it for tax and then you didn't roll it over and then that will be taxable income to you. If you're under 59 and a half, tack on another 10% penalty on that 100 that's taxable to you. The absolute wrong way to do it. There's one advisor group in town that does every single rollover this way and it's the exact opposite way to do it. it Cost you a huge tax bill. It's a simple and whether a simple way to know if you did it right, Brad, or or you did it wrong is was the check made payable to you? Or to your IRA. Or, or to your IRA. If it was made payable to you, it's indirect. So you have to be very careful with that. Give us a call during the week if you have any questions about any of these complex topics. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Money Sense, brought to you each week by Kirsten Wealth Management Group. To contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin professionally, call 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com, and their website is kirstenwealth.com. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. As corporations merge, consolidate, and downsize, employees often face tough decisions about what to do with their pensions and 401ks. The choice you make can have serious implication on your retirement savings and the kind of retirement lifestyle you are able to lead. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we are available to help you through the rollover process. When you are faced with early retirement or changing jobs, for a free, no-obligation appointment to review your rollover option, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. With Americans enjoying longer and more productive retirement than ever, you need an investment portfolio that continues to work for you. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in solid, dependable financial advice designed to help you work toward your objectives in retirement. Whether your personal situation requires low-volatility liquid assets or longer-term investments with potentially higher investment returns, it's important to first discuss your options with a trusted financial advisor. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA. SIPC. 
Are you retiring, changing jobs, or looking to reduce your taxable income? At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in helping investors determine which IRA is right for them. Whether retirement is around the corner or many years away, rolling your assets into an IRA offers you a number of benefits. To find out more about your rollover options and gain more control over your money, call Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten today at 419-872-0067 for a free consultation. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member, FINRA, SIPC. The amount of information available to today's investor means the big picture can be overwhelming. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we help you sort through the clutter, bring your investment goals into focus, and design a portfolio to help you meet them. We stay focused on the one thing that matters most, finding well-management investments one at a time through intensive financial analysis and hands-on research. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. News Radio 1370 WSPD Toledo WRVF HD2 Toledo Fox News Ready to go I'm Pam Puso hitting Donald Trump hard This is a man who has called women pigs dogs and disgusting animals. Hillary Clinton launching fresh attacks during a speech to Planned Parenthood. Trump going after her in Richmond, Virginia. She won't issue the term radical Islamic terrorism. She won't say it. She won't say it. You know why she won't say it? Because she doesn't want to offend Obama. In the minutes before Trump took the stage, dozens of protesters marched around the arena. Police say one of them is charged with disorderly conduct. Millions of people who heard her voice and watched her YouTube videos are now mourning her loss. Singer Christina Grimmy had just finished a concert in Orlando, Florida, when this happened. After the show, they... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.